Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I'm so excited uh, to be in Overflow. Um, you know, every time we're here, um, it's just, it feels like home. And um, I, I was curious to see what it would be like on this side of the pulpit. Uh, and it's equal as exciting. And uh, I love uh, everything about Overflow. Like Josh said, we've been um, kind of in a relationship over the last 20 years. And uh, I can't start without honoring your pastors. Can we make some noise uh, for your pastors? Man. You know, uh, they've, they've kind of... Uh, pastored us from afar. We've had a lot of um, FaceTime calls and Zoom calls, and they've just poured into our life, and um, I don't think we tell them enough how much they mean to us, but uh, they're, they're the best, right? And um, I just want to encourage you before I hop in, and I hope you're thankful for Overflow Church. Are you thankful for Overflow? Like, because I've been to a lot of churches, and Overflow has great worship. The Word is amazing, but the thing that I love the most is that Overflow Church values presence over programs. And I love that because, and don't get me wrong, I'm a nerd, right? I'm a nerd about programs. I love putting together programs and systems and ways to, you know, reach the body. I love it. I used to work in the manufacturing field. And so that was, that was, that was my bread and butter, but programs without his presence will not work. We have to have his presence. Even now, as we, as we listen to his word, as we receive, we have to let the spirit in. We have to give him permission to speak to us because, at least in my life, whenever I read the word without his presence, I use the word to prove a point and not, and not to make a difference in my life. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to invite Holy Spirit in and we're going to say, hey, I, I don't want to hear today's word to prove a point. I want to I hear today's word to make a difference. I want it to make a difference in my life. So Father God, we bless you today. We thank you uh, for this time of worship. We thank you for your presence your presence. We thank you for your presence. We can't do life without Holy Spirit. We can't read the word without Holy Spirit. We can't be an effective witness in the earth without the Holy Spirit. And so we just thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit today as you speak to our hearts today, as you change us through your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to give you a fair warning. I am a youth pastor, and I, I preach to about 55 to 60 students every Wednesday. So I talk kind of fast, because if you have teenagers, you know that there is a very small window where you have their attention. And so I move really quick. I may sound like I'm auctioning off a storage unit or something, but it's what I got to work with. So if, if, you, if you're behind, just go back to the podcast and listen to it at half speed, okay? Uh, or <laughs> like Ben Shapiro. I just, so I'm going to try to hold it together. I'm trying to try to get things under control. But um, today we're just going to, we're going to start off with 1 Corinthians 120. Pastor Josh actually referenced it last week in his message. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So to give you some context, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's basically telling them every promise that was made in the Old Testament, every prophecy that was made was fulfilled through Jesus. And so for us today, every promise that God makes is fulfilled because of Jesus. And my favorite part about that verse, it says, no matter how many promises God makes, did you know that God does not run out of promises? Like, 
I used to believe that the, he, he would run out of promise. Well, he promised them, he promised them, you know, he doesn't have enough because I have limited resources. I have limited abilities. I have limited capacity, but he is unlimited in his promises. He's unlimited in his mercy. So he's not gonna run out of promises. And so today, today I'm hoping just to encourage you to start believing in his promises again. All right, y'all, man, y'all are good. Y'all are some hollaback people. I love it. Woo, sometimes we just don't get that. All right, so today I just want to talk about that waiting period. How many of you guys like to wait? <laughs> yeah, the one guy that likes to fish like me. Anybody? Yeah, there, there you go. Um, we just generally do not like waiting. And so whenever God gives us a promise to the moment that it's fulfilled, that waiting period is super, super important. And um, through that waiting period, a lot of times uh, we can become impatient, we get weary, uh, maybe frustrated or even doubtful. And rather than believing that God's promises are yes and so be it, we believe that his promises are maybe and we'll see. And so um, I don't know any, any of you guys that have kids have ever, these are like our favorite words, maybe or we'll see. Like, Daddy, can I get on your iPad and play Roblox? Maybe, we'll see. Well, my son, my second born son, do y'all wanna know how he responds? Don't Ben, maybe. You know what he does? Dad said yes. <laughs> He's got the best lisp ever. I hope it never goes away. Daddy said yes. I'm like, I said maybe. And I said, we'll, we'll see. I wish we could get as excited about God's yes than my son does get about my maybe. <laughs> that boy will rip the house apart in excitement over my maybe. That's the point today. I want, it, I want us to get excited about his yes. All right, so, all right. So uh, just by a show of hands, since y'all are interactive, uh, how many of you have ever received a promise from the Lord before? While I get a drink, this is also a stalling technique because <laughs> my mouth is dry. We've all received a promise. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're either not wanting to participate or maybe just maybe, just maybe you feel like you haven't received a promise from the Lord. But the truth is every person has in this room has received a promise from the Lord. All you gotta do is open your phone. Look at his, look at his word. The word is full of God's promises, but the only problem that we have is sometimes we don't like the promises that he gives. Like um, sorrow may last for the night. Oh, I don't want none of that. <laughs> I'm good, I wanna be happy. But the promise is joy comes in the morning. What about this one? We really hate this one. It's, uh, I think we have it on the screen, John 16, 33. I've told you these things, or, or in other words, I've promised these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're gonna have trouble. In this world, you're gonna lose your job. In this, or work at a job you hate. In this life, you will have trouble, but the promise is, is this, it says, take heart or have courage for I've overcome the world. We love, we love the courage part, but we hate the trouble part. Yeah. What good is courage if there's no trouble? <laughs> you can't have courage if there's not opposition. And we hate opposition, but in order to have the courage, there's gonna be opposition and there will almost always be an opposition to his promise. Yes. If not always, there will be opposition to his promises. And most of the time, the, 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 the enemy of his promise isn't really the enemy. A lot of times it's us, our own unbelief, 
our own impatience, our own desire to get it now, 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 the microwave generation, right? Two minutes and we're done. God makes a promise. All right, give it to me. Right, but we're not willing to wait. And so how you respond in the waiting period will determine how you steward the promise. So if you're, if you're impatient and bitter and angry in the middle, in the waiting, when you receive that promise, you're going to be bitter and angry whenever you receive the promise. Well, it's, it does, it's not what I look like. It looked like what I thought it would look like. It doesn't look um, as flashy as, as, as you made it out, Lord, right? And so we'll get impatient with the promise. All right, y'all done messed up having me here. Sorry, I'm sweating. Okay. And so I want to share our story um, because it's super important um, just to, to share our testimony and, uh, about God's goodness and his promises. Um, back in 2009, um, me and this uh, fine mama seat over here, uh, <laughs> like to embarrass her, that's also one great joy in my life. Um, we uh, locked eyes and, uh, you know, it was just like a movie, you know. What, what was that one song? She, she told me that she loved me before she met me. Can you believe that? Yeah, and then once she met me, she was like, I don't know about this. No, um, but she was 22, or I was 22, uh, you were 18, so um, I am 36 now, in case you're wondering if I'm 17 or 18. No, 36. Um, but we uh, grew up uh, going to a Pentecostal church. Come on, glory a Dios, right? It wasn't, <laughs> hallelujah, right? I don't know if we didn't have anybody that talked like that there, but, but we're, it's, it's the Pentecostal church with the tambourines. They're handing tambourines out at the door. And I'm a firm believer, Nathan's gonna have to testify to that. I think there needs to be an application process before, because you got somebody on the upbeat, and then you got somebody on the downbeat, and then you got somebody somewhere else. It's like a progressive rock band, just everywhere. And so as a musician, it's, you know, anyway, we got through it. Um, it was great. Um, but we, we really respected the pastors. Um, they're, I mean, they're, they're great people. They just couldn't say no to the tambourine players. If you have a tambourine, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. They're, no, they take them out the door. Yeah, like, there's a church down the street. Get out of here. No, but uh, during one of these uh, spirit-filled tambourine non-snake worshiping services, uh, a man walked up to us, and uh, he gave us a prophecy um, that we would have children. And so from the, from the get-go in 2009, when we got married, we knew we we're going to be together, together forever. We we're going to start having babies. Now there was a disagreement on how many babies. Um, I'm an only child and she has like 300 siblings. Uh, and so she's like, let's have eight. I'm like, can we just get the one out the way first? And uh, anyway, so he's like, you know, you're going to have babies. I'm like, oh, great. So um, within few months, uh, we found out that we were pregnant. Well, she was pregnant. I wasn't pregnant. Uh, we found out that we were pregnant uh, together. <laughs> y'all know, know how it works. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, no, y'all got a lot of babies around here. Y'all know. Um, so we did the sonogram thing. We did the balloon thing and the with, you know, whatever, all the, all the things, uh, made the announcements. And so we were, we were super stoked. Uh, we, we picked out a name. It was going to be Eden Grace Jones. Oh, so good. Right. We're having a great time. Uh, in December, uh, on December the 13th, 2010, my sister-in-law was given birth, birth to my first niece. And so I'm like, bonus, I'm going to be a dad. And then I'm going to be an uncle. This is going to be amazing. And so we're so happy, we're, we're on cloud nine, and um, on the very same day, within a couple of hours, in the other room, as my niece was making her grand entrance, we, um, Kim experienced 
a miscarriage. And so you can imagine how difficult that day was because she had to keep it together. We were there for um, my sister-in-law and all of that. And so she miscarries. Anybody that's ever experienced that, uh, you know that's, that's just a tough thing. Um, so we go, um, and she has a DNC, a little procedure to make sure everything's uh, taken care of. And about a month later, uh, she's still testing positive um, for pregnancy. I'm like, this is kind of weird. And so we go to the doctor. He refers her to an oncologist, and that's always scary. And so we go to the oncologist, and he, he says, well, basically, um, you have what's called gestational trophoblastic disease. Uh, I sound smart saying it, but it was terrifying. In other words, you have cancer. And we're like, okay, first a miscarriage, now a cancer diagnosis. And so she goes through six months. She's still in college. Uh, she goes through chemo, does that whole thing. She was healed. She's never, it's never come back. It's phenomenal. Praise God. Love it. And then after that, you know, we're healing. She's healing mentally, physically, spiritually, the whole nine yards that comes with that. And then we go back to the doctor. They run some tests. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying that you're infertile, but the likelihood of you having a baby is slim to none. And now I wish I could say we handled it well. I wish I could have said, we walked out of there so, so faith-filled that people were inspired. People were getting slain in the spirit out in the, out in the lobby. We were walking out, <laughs> you know? No, we were a wreck. We were a wreck. And, you know, we didn't handle, we didn't respond in the way that we should have. We were bitter, we were angry, we were even envious of other people walking in the promise that we had, that we wanted. And so, um, as I was thinking about our story, a couple stories in scripture popped up in my mind. We're gonna read a little bits and pieces of those and we're gonna learn what not to do and what to do, all right? All right, right. look at your neighbor and say yes and amen so the brother can get a drink. (laughs) Thank you. All right, so... So we're going to look at um, Abraham. So how many of you guys um, know what two main promises were made to Abraham, the, two, the big two? Offsprings and land, right? So um, God promises that Abram will be a father of many nations. If you didn't know, Abram, Abram was old, like crusty old, like, <laughs> like older than what you would, like almost 100 years old. So I don't see a lot of 100-year-olds like, you know, swaddling a baby. <laughs> Uh, call Guinness. That's what. Anyways, and so what, what the Lord does is he speaks to Abram in, in, in several instances, but I'm just going to highlight a couple. He says in uh, Genesis 12, 7, he says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring that he doesn't have yet, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So, you know, whenever God gives the promise, it's really easy to praise, right? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Glory to you. But that waiting period is when we, sometimes it gets a little dicey. In, in uh, Genesis 15, it says that when the word of the Lord came to him, he said, this man will not be your heir, but a son who was your own flesh. Again, he promised a son and, and blood, flesh and blood and will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, which it's impossible to do. He said, so shall your offsprings be. And so in, in two instances, a very promise spoken from the mouth of God, you would think, you would think that Abraham would have handled things well. He would have been a little bit more patient. Wow, God just spoke like miraculous to me. You'd think, you would think I would, we, we could wait, but here's, here's what happens. Y'all know the story. Remember, they're old. They're impatient. Like the years are gone. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so why don't you go sleep with my servant Hagar? And so uh, Sarai's impatient, you know, they have a baby and his name is Ishmael. And then when you know it, Sarai gets salty about her suggestion. That never happens ever in marriage, uh, ever. Uh, hey, we coming up on 14 years. We locked in, girl. Don't you worry about it. But anyway, so they, they, they take things into their own hands. And of course, we know um, uh, Sarai at the time, she gives birth to Isaac, the rival heir. So he was promised a descendant and he was promised specific land, the land that flows with milk and honey, royal breves for everybody. That's the kind of land I want to live in. By the way, I feel awkward when I order a royal breve. Anybody else? I'm like, I like a royal breve. You'd like a royal breve, Sarah? I'm like, yes, I'll I don't know, it just seems a little foo-foo for me, but it's tasty. Anyways, and so does anybody know who's descendant or um, who descended out of the line of Ishmael? Does anybody know? What, what, what religion? Islam, right? And so you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judaism, Christianity, and then you have Ishmael and Islam, right? And so um, do, you wanna, do you know who occupied the majority of the land promised to Abram? for centuries and centuries and centuries. It wasn't, it wasn't the inheritance of Isaac and Jacob. It was Ishmael's. And so they took things into their own hands and forfeited the land that was promised to him. So my first encouragement is don't take the fulfillment of the promise into your own hands. It's not your responsibility to fulfill it. It's God's. You know why it's not your, your responsibility? Because you aren't the promise maker. So you didn't make the promise. It's not your responsibility to keep it. Like whenever I was hired on uh, at USG, name drop, uh, um, I was, I, I mean, I was like work boots and the whole, the whole thing. I made a promise whenever I signed on to the company that I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna be on time, I'm going to do my job and I'm gonna get paid, right? And so, but I didn't send my kids to go fulfill that promise that I made, right? Because they, they physically couldn't do it. Um, whenever I signed the 3,000 pages on our mortgage, it's like, anybody that's ever bought a house, it's like, man, can we just, this is a little excessive. I don't expect my children to cover the promise of the mortgage, right? Now, I do expect my kids to help steward the, the property. Hey, wipe down the walls, throw your trash away, clean your room a little bit, please, right? Help steward it. So we do play an active ro a role in his plan and purpose, but it's not our, our, um, responsibility to make the promise come to pass. And when we do that, we'll end up accepting anything that slightly resembles the promise. Anything that's close, just, oh, that, that's good enough for me, I'm gonna take it, and then you're bitter about the promise because it's not the promise that God gave you. And so, I want you to write this down. A counterfeit promise isn't a promise at all, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. Don't accept a counterfeit to what God's promised you. Because God's promises are specific, they're well-designed, and they are perfect just for you. And if you go after the counterfeit, you'll always be striving, you'll always be seeking, you'll always be missing something. So, all right. Let's, let's fast forward. We're going to uh, fast forward to the book of Exodus. So the descendants of Abram are many, uh, so, so many that, uh, that uh, the uh, Pharaoh was put him in captivity because he was intimidated by how many they were. And so they're in captivity. Um, they're liberated. Um, God sends a bunch of plagues. Um, he 
sends the death angel and the, the Passover moment, all that stuff, all the amazing stuff. Um, Moses leads the, the Israelites out of Egypt. Miraculous, miraculously, God parts the Red Sea. How many of y'all would freak out if y'all saw that, right? Like, you know, parts the Red Sea, kills the army of, of uh, the Egyptian army, and they're on the other side on dry land. That's pretty amazing. And so if I had have seen that, I would have been so full of faith, so excited, like, oh, thank you, Lord, right? Here's what they did. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, that'll preach on another day, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So 45 days. Now, I'd probably get a little bit irritated hanging out in the desert for 45 days, just if I'm being honest. 45 days. But what's most frustrating about this whole experience is because it should have taken about 11 days for them to reach the promised land. 11. How long were they out there? That's older than me. Like, they were out there my whole life. When it should have taken 11, two weeks tops if you wanted to sightsee at this point. That's frustrating. Like we, we live about three, three and a half hours away. If it, ta if, if it takes over five, I'm, yeah. I'm like, okay, we need to, we need, we need to pause. We're doing something wrong here. Like maybe we're not going East after all. Okay. And so here's what they did in verse two. It says in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. So they, they just rather die. There we sat around pots of meat. Mmm. It ate all the food we wanted. That's appetizing. Pots of meat. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So while you're waiting on the promise, they were promised the promised land, right? Don't complain. Don't complain. Pastor Josh says this all the time. Complainers are what? Y'all listen. I know it. Complainers are drainers, and it's so true, but you're not only a drain on others, you're draining yourself of faith. You're draining yourself of faith. When we should be people of faith, increasing in faith, overflowing in faith, we're leaking faith. Like I have, Kim's gonna, I'm not even gonna look at I have this car that works just fine. It's old. <laughs> it works. I, I work like 10 blocks in Sweetwater. That's minutes away. Um, not like here. 10 blocks away, it's fine. But there's always, no matter where I park, a what? A puddle. And it's kind of a game at this point. Like, what color is the puddle going to be today? Like green, black, blue. Right? And I, I was thinking about that. When we're, when we're complaining, like, what, what are those fluids in there for? I'm not a mechanic. It's to keep the car running. Right? It's to keep it going. And so faith keeps us going. And so when we're leaking faith, we're leaking vital things in our life that we need to function. And so we're leaving puddles of faith. It sounds like a metal band. We, we should get something going. Puddles of faith. Right? Puddles of faith. I don't, I don't want to leave puddles of faith. Just laying on the ground. I want to overflow. Right? Okay. Good. Puddle of faith. I need, I need copyright, trademark that, copyright that or whatever, just in case something happens. You know, uh, when we were walking through infertility, we were the biggest complainers, like a lot, like, you know, and it was very self-righteous. It was like, Lord, we're working for you. We're serving. We're listening to the tambourine ladies. And we're not even complaining about that. Like we're, we're doing everything that you've called us to do and still 
You're holding out on us. But the truth is, he doesn't fulfill his promise because of our deeds, but by his will. You didn't do anything to earn his promise, and you can't do anything to void his promise. His promise is his promise. Now we can do some things to delay it, right, and all that. So I want to put that out there. But looking back, I can honestly say, you know, as, as much as we wanted children, we were not ready for parenthood. Last night at P.F. Chang's, I still wonder if we're ready for parenthood. I didn't know chopsticks had more than one use. It was brutal. Never again. Never, never again. Like P.F. Lames. Not happening. And the food was mediocre because I have to eat gluten. I have to eat gluten-free, so the, the options are low. Yeah, I know, I'm afflicted. I need prayer. Um, <laughs> But seriously, we were, we were a mess. I mean, God, God really took that time, looking back, uh, to prune us, uh, to refine us, uh, to um, help uh, kind of, kind of uh, burn off some selfishness. Because how many of you know you can't be a good parent when you're selfish? Or <laughs> you can't be an effective parent, you can't be a loving parent if you're selfish, because it's one of the most selfless responsibilities. For those of you praying for kids, just know you're going to have to lay some stuff down. Like when we, when we knew we were coming here, we started pack, like we normally pack for about 10 weeks in advance to get our family out the door. When me and Kim, we first got married, guess what we did? We'd wake up in the morning. You want to go to Colorado? Sure. Grab a backpack and walk out the door. Now it's like pack and play, extra mattress, 14 changes of clothes for an overnight trip. It's, it's insane, but it's a sacrifice of love because I want to be with my kids, right? So sometimes God is waiting for you to develop. I want you to write this down. God's not gonna trust you with his promise until he knows that you can steward it well. He wants to know that who, what he entrusts you with, you have the capacity, maybe not to get it right or perfect all the time, but to be able to steward it well. So for those of you still in the waiting, I want you to know that God isn't holding out on you. He's just, he's just allowing you to develop some capacity to hold some new wineskins, right? As scripture says, he's just, so look at this waiting period as a time to develop. Okay. All right. And so the second thing we had to do is we had to distance ourselves from people that fed into discouragement. We had to distance ourselves from those people. What did the Israelites do? They got into groups and they complained together. What are one of the values of overflow church? Family. You follow Jesus together. The Israelites value at this point was we complain together. We discourage each other together. You know that old saying, misery loves company? It's so true because it's so easy to surround yourself with people that, agree, that will agree with how you're feeling. And boy, we sure did that when we were walking through the infertility phase. You know, um, we would surround ourselves with people that would say, can you believe she's having another baby? They're not even married. Baby's probably gonna be ugly anyway. I am not kidding. You can you can fact check me, Twitter and Facebook. Y'all can y'all can y'all can fact check me. Like, well, you know, you know, she she just pops them out like it's like it's nothing, right? The, those people, right? And we loved. I'm being honest. This was many years ago. Loved being around those people because misery loves company. We, we were miserable. We surrounded ourselves with miserable people. And for those of you that do know my wife, she's the best person to be around. I, we don't work together anymore. She's teaching now. And I look forward to when she walks through the door because I've had the three boys for a couple of hours. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> but I just love to be with her. But I, being perfectly honest, walking through that period, she was hard to be around. 
she was hard to be around, especially when she was around other pregnant people carrying her promise. She was hard to be around. And, you know, she, her own words, I'm going to quote her. Sometimes I just want to throat punch a pregnant woman. <laughs> Ten years ago, so y'all just back off. She's fine. <laughs> but she, I mean, she was just so, somebody was carrying what God promised her. And she's, and she's so, she's so passive. And it, she wouldn't have, but she, inside she was just so angry and so, so kind of bitter towards the Lord. But one thing that helped, we're going to get positive now. Y'all ready? <laughs> okay. One thing that we learned that changed our, us and our perspective is when we began to celebrate with those that were carrying a promise similar to yours. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But we always get that backwards. We, we tend to weep with the people that are rejoicing. Like, I don't know how many times we would, we would see somebody making those baby announcements like, not me, I'm not a crier, but her, oh my God, I can't believe it, you know, and not, not in tears of joy, but just weeping instead of rejoicing. And that was instrumental, instrumental in our growth and our, our change of perspective. And y'all seen that, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but y'all seen this modeled by your pastors, this whole front row, right? So what, what are, the, what are uh, Pastor Josh and Leslie doing when people are giving buildings? Dang it, I wish I had a building. Dang it, right? You got a building, it's fine right now, right? What do they do? They celebrate. They celebrate. Dude, we're so happy for your church. God bless you, right? What about the Hernandezes? They got two Bambinos, two promises, right? You think they were getting salty and not helping with baby showers and all this? No, they loved on and they celebrated those of you that were walking in the promise. And so that's instrumental in, in, in changing our perspective is celebrating those that are walking in the promises. So what my wife started doing, she started buying, we bought more baby stuff for other people than we have for ourselves. She was buying the things and the, oh, they need this. And she just, she had to fake it. She had to fake it a long time. But eventually it became, it came out of a place of gratitude and, and celebration. So she's like, here, have these. $30 bottle, sure, your baby needs that. I'm like, okay, girl, all right. <laughs> like, let's, let's reconcile the bank statement real quick before. Anyway. So in 2013, we found out we were, pregnant again um, with uh, Olivia Joy Jones. That was an intentional uh, naming there, Olivia Joy Jones. But um, as much as I would like to say that we were full of hope and faith and we're excited, we, we entered that season of our life a little bit on guard because we were, yeah, we we're afraid. We didn't know. I mean, we wanted to trust the Lord, uh, but we kind of walked into it with some reservations, all, all the bad, ha all the bad history is going to repeat itself. We've been here before, just all these negative thoughts. But one thing that was instrumental is we began to re remember his past faithfulness and Josh about preached it already. I, I didn't even need to get up here, uh, but remember his past faithfulness in Exodus 16, four through eight. I want to point out a couple of things. It says, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven, yeah. big water burger for days. <laughs> Can't have it. Can't have it. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Salads are good. Uh, anyways, they're going to rain down bread. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Give us this day our daily bread. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and, it, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you will know. 
you will know that it's the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you, are, you should grumble against us? Moses also said, he said, you will know that it is the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, you will know. That it's the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling. How many of you are thankful that when we grumble against the Lord, he doesn't withhold, he provides? That's like, when my kids complain, I'm like, uh-uh. Sorry about your bad luck. Fix the attitude first and when you come back and see me. Still learning. But you will know that it was the Lord. How, how many of you have ever had those moments that you know, maybe not even in the moment, but you knew that was God. Like there's not coincidence, chance. So whenever we got the bill, any of y'all that have uh, done six months worth of chemo treatment, um, when we got the bill in the mail, I was petrified to open that thing. Like I was scared. I'm like, oh my gosh. I opened the thing. Y'all wanna know how much it was for? $33.64. I was like, I was about to... I was going to get a uh, trampoline, a tambourine. Like, like, I wrote that check and I I walked it right into the doctor. What's that? (laughs) Paid in full, right? Like, that is a miracle. Any of y'all that have got a Band-Aid at a hospital, you know. But six months of weekly chemo treatments, $33.64. Now, I I gave him the check and I walked out quick. Uh, I'm like, like, you know, (laughs) Because if I stick around, they might find the discrepancy. No, but I knew, I knew it was the Lord. Uh, he blessed us on the other side of that. And so you have to remember all the times that God has come through. That's what the Israelites should have done. They should have seen, hey, he split the sea. He delivered us, Passover. Like, but they didn't, right? And so um, we have to remember all of the miracles. But Pastor Chris, I, don't, I can't think of a single miracle. Like, my legs are all the same length. They're both the same length. They've ne- like, I've never been healed of cancer. I've never, never, none of that, right? Well, We've all experienced the very same miracle. We all share in the same miracle. And Pastor Josh said that. Romans 8, uh, or 5, verse 8, it says, While we were sinners, Christ died. Now that, my friends, if you didn't know me before Christ, that is a miracle. It's a miracle that a holy God can take an unholy man and use him to, to fulfill his call and his mission in the earth to preach at Overflow Church on December 4th. What the heck? That is a miracle. That is a miracle. So you may not have these Red Sea miracles, but you have the ministry of the, 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 um, the miracle of salvation. You have the miracle of salvation right now. And so, in the waiting, last two things, that's preacher lingo for, I got about 45 more minutes. No, okay. Y'all hungry? I'm hungry too, I didn't have breakfast, so we'll wrap it up here in a sec. <laughs> last thing that we learned in the waiting, <laughs> I love it. The last thing we learned is that we have to fill ourselves with God's word and surround himself with our, his people. Two crucial things. You know, one of the uh, greatest needs, the greatest deficiencies uh, in the church and in Christians as, in general is they're malnourished in his word. They think that his word is optional when it's the only option. It's the only option. Like I, I'm a youth pastor. I see it in the kids. Like they don't value, they do now. <laughs> it's taken me four years, but they value God's word now. 
but their parents don't value God's word. They think it's a suggestion, not the authoritative word of God. And so um, we have to fill ourselves with his word. Why? Because scripture says that your word, thy word, if you want to get King James on us, thy word is what? Truth. It's truth. And so how do you expel lies? With the truth, with the truth, how does how does darkness flee? With the light, and so you have to be in His Word every single day, every moment. How do you combat the lies of the enemy when he tells you, "Oh yeah, God's promises did run out. So and so, so and so, and so, they're they're being fruitful and prospering. You're just all dried up, and nothing's going to ever happen, right? You're, no, you go to First Corinthians one twenty that says, "No matter how many the promises." that God has made, they are yes and amen. And so you combat the lie with the truth of his word. And lastly, I'm for real gonna close out. Surround yourself with his people. Surround yourself with God's people. And I am so thankful for God's people. I'm so thankful. I, um, we started, um, when we found out we were pregnant with Olivia, we um, started, started going to a new church. We ditched the tambourine church, not because of the tambourines. <laughs> yeah, it was the snakes. And the, and, the, and the poison. Uh, no. <laughs> no, we found out we were pregnant with Olivia and we started going to a new church and uh, they had these things called life groups. Y'all, y'all just call them groups. Um, Lord, oh. I said groups. Uh, no, we, we joined a life group and, uh, you know, I would, I would imagine if we lived here, we'd go to some groups and, I mean, y'all, y'all seem like our people, you know? Well, the group that we went to, um, there was a little bit of an age disparity. So when I say age disparity, about like 40 years. <laughs> that's kind of that's convenient, 40 years. Um, and so uh, the youngest couple was around 55. The next, um, yeah, let's go, let's go. The next group was 60, and the next couple was 65. And so we, we did the group. It was sweet. I'm like, huh. So we get in the car, and Kim's like, so how'd you like it? Without hesitation, I said, we're finding a different group next week. We've got nothing in common with these people. We don't watch Matlock. <laughs> Matlock's legit. It's fine. We don't eat supper at four. We got nothing in common and shows how immature I was at the time. Remember, 22, 23 years old. And I, am, I was actually right about something. We had nothing in common with those people. And I thank God that we had nothing in common with those people because they had faith to believe in our promise when we did it. Like they, they had faith. Oh, don't, don't you worry about what happened in your past. Like God's gonna come through. He's gonna deliver on his promise. And so the reason they were so full of faith is because they've been through some stuff. They had some clout as the children call it nowadays. <laughs> See how out of touch I am. They had some clout. They, they've been through some things. They've seen his promise fulfilled. And so we were around those people for what? That group never grew over eight people, right, Kim? Like a couple of years. And then they walked through so much with us. And so we, we needed those people. Another couple, that walked through us through all four pregnancies were these two. FaceTime call, text to Kim, giving her, you know, she had a goal. She doesn't want me to brag on her, but I will, because it's only a three hour car ride. Um, and so she wanted to have natural labor and delivery, no drugs, no epidural. For those of you that have experienced delivery, the old, old way. Uh, <laughs> 
it's a tough deal. And she, she didn't know if she could do it, but Pastor Leslie texted her scripture all the time, gave her, she was like her mobile doula. Like, or whatever. like she was just, right? And you, you wanna know what happened? I was there for all four. All natural, no epidural, no drugs. She was a warrior, a warrior to the point, I don't mess with her. Like, like I'm kind of regretting all the stories I've already shared at this point, but no, a warrior, but I don't, it wasn't of her own strength. I think it was, that support, that 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 um, community, uh, that just lifted us up and and spurred us on. And what I want to do, real quick, is I want to show you a picture of God's promise fulfilled. Let's 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 put this picture up. So that look, granted, that one's wait wait that one looks like he's choking him out. He is not. He is not. That's a, that's a love love choke. That's a love love. Ch- but that's what God's promise fulfilled looks like. That's what a canceled infertility diagnosis looks like. And so I, I can't help but believe that if he did it for us, he can do it for you. I can't help but believe it. The last thing I wanna tell you, and we're gonna provide an opportunity for you to do it real quick, is I want you to get your hopes up again. I wanna give you permission to get your hopes up again. Scripture says that a heart or a hope deferred is what? Makes the heart sick. What does the heart play in our human body? It powers everything, sends blood everywhere. And some of you have been living sick because you're hopeless. And so I wanna get you around somebody right now. I think, can I get a couple of people that have seen God's promise fulfilled and just come up, whether it be a baby, whether it be a job, he, he's not gonna run out of babies. He's not gonna run out of buildings. He's not gonna run out of finances. He's not gonna run out of jobs, callings, nothing. He's not gonna run out. And so if you're a little bit heart sick, if you're a little bit out of hope this morning, I'm not trying to create a moment and then well, I'll Benny Hinn and hit you with my jacket and you'll go fly. No, I just want you to partner. I just want you to partner with somebody that has a little bit more faith in you. It's okay. I've heard Pastor Josh say that. If you don't have enough faith, borrow some of mine. They're going to lend you some of their faith. Okay. And um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray. And as you want, you can come up. If nobody wants to respond, that's fine too. But I, I want you to walk out, walk out encouraged and full of hope, okay? Um, okay, I need to share something too. Um, I was woken up at four o'clock this morning, which is always a bad time. Uh, and I just wanna share it just corporately for Overflow Church, cause I know y'all are believing a lot uh, for some things. And so um, I was woken up at four. This has happened three times in the last two months. Um, where God's given me a dream and I am not a dreamer. Like my head hits a pillow, darkness till morning. Like, oh great, that was great. You know, it's done. Partially narcoleptic, I'm I'm feeling. So um, mid conversation. Um, And I had a dream uh, and I know if I dream, it's gotta be from the Lord. And so I dreamt about um, a train, just like the engine, pulling one box car, okay? on a train track, I'm like, okay, I must have dreamt this because overflows across the street from a train track and it's my mind and all this stuff. But uh, he began uh, in the dream, um, the train was hitting all these little checkpoints, like these little, nothing real definitive, but I just knew they were checkpoints. And then at each checkpoint, um, they linked up to another car. And then they hit a checkpoint, another car. And so um, what I believe the Lord was saying is like this whole this whole 10 years, um, hasn't been a waste, it's been a, a, a preparation um, for what's to come because the thing that y'all carry as a church is so much bigger and you, 
what the Lord is doing is developing you, getting up, getting up um, the strength of that engine to be able to carry, carry all that he's called you to. And so all these years that you've been building after building after building and uh, this and that and this and that, it's God preparing you for what's next. Okay, and so I just wanna encourage you in that. Those of you all have been lifting up Overflow Church all the time, uh, that all these little checkpoints are, are moments for God just to keep adding, keep adding, keep adding, uh, and just kind of build your stamina to carry what he's called you to carry.